It's John here. This is a chat with Josh Klinghoffer, who celebrated his birthday just a couple of weeks ago, born on the 3rd of October, 1979. At the time, he was in the Red Hot Chili Peppers, and this chat was regarding his band Dot Hacker, who'd released a two-part album at the time. This is one of many chats I'm sharing with you from my personal collection over the years. So let's now dive into the archives. Josh, thanks very much for joining Radio Notes. Oh, thanks for having me. Dot Hacker, this particular release I'm very excited about. It is the sophomore release, but it's in two parts as well. Let's start with somewhat of an obvious question. Was there a need to differentiate the work and the play on releasing this particular album? The idea to split it up into two halves was um, sort of a, an 11th hour idea. When we made the, the record, it was never intended to be broken up. It was never intended to be two separate works or anything like that. We just sort of found that we, uh, at the end of the process, we had 12 songs that we all liked, which we didn't know along the way. Some of the songs had sort of been left uh, unfinished or, you know, just kind of weren't, weren't in uh on anyone's favorite list, but uh, by the end we we had twelve that we really liked, but that'd be far too many to release as one album. We thought um, just lengthwise, and just these days it seems more appropriate to release music in smaller doses. I guess at the last minute, Jonathan, the bass player, uh, came up with the idea of splitting them up into halves. It's kind of just over thirty minutes each. Everyone's eyes sort of widened and it just seemed like the perfect thing and also because this band doesn't get to promote a record or tour like other bands do Mm. we thought that having a you know a two-part release kind of stretching out the album over a couple of months would sort of no no way replace touring or proper promotion but it would it would give the record a longer lifespan rather than just the one release date i also noticed that it's been released on vinyl as well which gives it a very i assume a very nice bite size of three each side and then it sounds like three on each side out in october yeah absolutely so yeah it all worked out perfectly that way it's very symmetrical yeah when i the moment we broke them up into those two halves Every time I listened to it, it became more of a pleasure for myself, even. I just, you know, I was able to sort of digest three at a time or listen to them in the halves. The sequencing was very important for us, and we all couldn't really agree on what the proper running order should be when we were trying to make it an eight or a nine-song album. And the the two six-song releases just seem to make perfect sense. Let's take people back to the formation of this group. You were a session musician at the time, then this band was part of your work whilst touring with Niles Barkley. Well, yeah, that's when uh, Clint Walsh and I met each other, was when we were both playing in the Niles Barkley touring band. But it had sort of been my dream as a child, you know, as a kid, to have a band. That was all I wanted as a, you know, growing up, listening to music and, you know, sort of you know, a dreaming of what my life might be. I just wanted to play music with friends. I had somewhat of a project or a band in the late 90s with Bob Forrest called The Bicycle Thief. The first thing I really was a part of, but that wasn't really a band so much. It was just he and I. You know, we would get guys to tour with us or make our record with us or whatever, but I had never had that four, five-guy unit, that kind of tribe, if you will. Yeah, I had, you know, spent a lot of my 20s touring with other people, and I had just sort of come to come to the end of that road. I felt it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't helping my, uh, I just wasn't getting 
where I wanted to go. So I, uh, right around the time that I was certain of that, I, I met Clint, and uh, yeah, we just he felt similarly. He had never really experienced that either. We each pulled the other guy in. Uh, Clint knew Eric and had played with him, and I knew Jonathan and had spoken with him a lot about forming bands and what music we liked and all that. So that's how that happened, around 2006. The difference between being a session musician for the likes of Niles Barkley, PJ Harvey, for example, and playing guitar with Beck, to actually sharing your own experiences, your own ideas, as you're saying, with with your own band. This is Dot Hacker, Josh's band. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it was just something that I had always wanted to do, and I, but I had never really developed those uh, muscles, I suppose, as a, as a kid. I was just sort of, I had only started playing guitar just before I played with Bob and the Bicycle Thief, so I kind of, I had grown up a drummer. Mm. And uh, there was a period where I stopped playing with Bob uh, you know, that would have been the moment where I was, you know, I had written a bunch of songs around that time, made a bunch of recordings, and I was sort of, you know, that was the moment I felt like I was supposed to get a get a band together, something like that. And then I just, one by one, I started going on tour with people, and, you know, that was great. I never toured with anyone that I didn't completely respect and admire. You know, I loved every everything I did, but all of a sudden I... I opened my eyes and I was in my late 20s and I'd never done that band thing and I had all these songs that I was sort of writing and not finishing because I never had an outlet to to do them and so I kind of reached the point where I had to do it and then I met Clint and it you know we sort of we got it off the ground yeah it was coming together at a pretty good pace and then uh, Flea called me to join the Chili Peppers and if that could work then Obviously, schedules would start to conflict. I mean, because the opportunity to play with those guys was, was something that I felt I couldn't, I couldn't turn down. And it also—they were friends of mine. And it also gave the opportunity of knocking Stevie Wonder as the uh, youngest Rock Hall of Famer as well. So you've still got that claim to fame under your belt. I'm happy not to talk about the Red Hot Chili Peppers because this is such an exciting release. Nothing against the Peppers in any way. Just one quick question regarding the uh, Chili Peppers, if I may, because obviously you're writing songs for the new record. Allegedly, no producer has been assigned for the new record. How much of the tunes are your tunes? Two quick questions on the Chili Peppers. Uh, you know, we all sort of write together, and I haven't counted them up, but, you know, Flea and I both bring in ideas that we, we write on our own, and then we kind of mash them together with other parts that the other has, and we write songs out of jams that we do on the spot. So it's all kind of a mix. I don't tally them up. Mm-hmm. I don't quite know how many songs we we have yet. We have... You know, a huge pile of music, but we're just at the stage now where, you know, the vocals are coming into shape, and they're, uh, yeah, I can't quite say how many are are whose. I find it better just to kind of think of them as all of ours. Sure, and in terms of the producer, has that been locked in yet? We're still working on songs on our own. We haven't we haven't really begun making a record yet, so as of right now, there's there's no one that we've been working with because we're still sort of in the writing phase. That's all I want to ask regarding the Chili Peppers because we're here talking to Josh about the Doc Hacker release. How's your process is the question of the LPs. Is that a question for the listener or the question for someone else? I think for everybody, it's a great question. <laughs> I mean, for certainly what was appealing to it when I overheard it initially and then thought of it in the context of this band was how is this band's process? How do we go about making music and, you know, just in general, in a broad sense, how how do you go about living your life? 
how is it? <laughs> do you do you like it? Could it be changed in any way? Like, how are you feeling about your process? Or do do you understand that it is a process? Are you okay with it all? So I think it's just a great question. Learned a lot about our process this go around. As four lads, and we're stressing that you seem to be mates, friends. Did you grow, or were there some tensions in there that you had to sort through in the recording of these albums? We certainly did grow. Just the way it was the first time around, we were still kind of new. We were still kind of writing our songs when we started making our album. Roles weren't as clearly defined, just in terms of, you know, we had never done that before, made a record with each other. Yeah, this time around, things were a little more clear, yet um, they still found you know, songs sort of found their way in the middle of the album process. And yeah, there, there, there was tension here and there just because of uh, the, the process wasn't as uh, as unified as it could be sometimes. It's the way we work. The, the vocals go on after the recordings are done, and then all of a sudden there's, no, there's not enough time to, to go back and do something someone might want to have done. So, you know, there's a little tension there sometimes but i think all in all this go around was a lot more a lot more together music is very important in people's lives that music can play a very vital role in people's development absolutely different for everybody i think you know i'm i'm always surprised when people don't take what i take from music just cuz you know i'm just used to the way i listen to music and and i'm used to how it affects me but for for me, it, you know, it it informs the way I think about everything and the way I look at the world, the way I deal with emotions, the way I deal with, you know, I, I sort of have a musical background to everything I think and do. I think as a child, I was, you know, I was always, I was always thinking about music even before I could play it. So I could say that it, it's had an effect on my development as a as a person and as a as an emotional being. I want to go back to a particular band I had not heard of till you wore their t-shirt and can we share some experiences about that dog? Oh yeah, the great that dog. They were a great LA band that um, played around a lot in the the 90s sort of just as I was starting to drive or go to see shows. I was always attracted to their sort of mix of dirty, garagey rock music and these beautiful, intricate, close harmonies sung by the Hayden sisters and Anna Warnker, who's an incredible songwriter and someone I'm friends with still. Yeah, I just always liked that juxtaposition. They still remain one of my favorite bands. And you also have worked with Warpaint. Yep, for a little while, sort of (laughs) one summer. Is there a story behind that? I can't remember. Uh, no, not so much of a story. I've known those girls for a while. I was dating one of them at the time, and uh, they were sort of between drummers, and I had not played the drums in a long time, uh, certainly with any seriousness or in a band situation, and that seemed like a lot of fun to do. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I felt like they were a band that that had a lot that they were sitting on and as their friend and someone that had watched them for a while, I felt like they, they needed a little, you know, if they had maybe a little push or a little something to get them to 
inspire them a little bit more than they had been at that time, then perhaps they could uh, find new and exciting things to do. So, you know, it was kind of a it was kind of a loving uh, holiday in the drum seat for myself. <laughs> do you still enjoy getting behind the drums, or are you very much passionate about the guitars these days? No, I, I, I love playing drums. I find that I I think better and more creatively about the drums the less and less I play. I, but my body can't do all the things that I want it to do. <laughs> so it comes out this weird mix of uh, interesting uh, inability. <laughs> I love playing drums. How physically fit do you need to be to do, obviously, the touring with the bands that you do? Your physicality and your emotions sort of work in tandem. So, I mean, you, you need to be fairly fit, I think, just to get out of bed in the morning, <laughs> in a sense. I mean, I don't think you need to be in great physical shape to uh, to play music, but, you know, to to be a healthy, content, or happy person that can find the joy in playing music, I mean, I think that being in shape or, you know, at least being somewhat healthy probably helps that when i when i say my body can't do what i want on the drums it's more just from being out of practice the second release out in october what is the difference between work and play uh, i wouldn't think it's too significant of a difference With, without sounding like i'm favoring one over the other i think i think of the first release as the songs that for myself i'm not speaking for the rest of the band i think of those as the songs that really define this second album of, of Dot Hacker, second album. And the rest of the songs that are coming out in October are songs that I love and songs that I'm proud of, but they seem more like they can exist on their own or, the, you know, they're, they're more of a, an odd collection of, of songs that I think just go all over the map. I, I don't know if they're too different from from what's come out already, but, you know, there are some things that are perhaps surprising. There's a string quartet on the last song. There's things like that. I don't know. Nothing too shocking. From this first part, which song do you favor the most at the moment? Off the first one? Yeah. I like the song First and Forever a lot. There it is for us here. Dot Hacker, we're joined by Josh from this very band. What's the emotional connection you have with playing the guitar, particularly live on stage? Is there one? There is definitely one. I, I was never... I'm not a trained musician in any way, and I, I, you know, without thinking about it too much, I, I, I feel that I, I mostly play from an emotional place, and, uh, you know, I kind of just move my fingers and, and let my brain and my emotions sort of piggyback each other and kind of wrestle with each other along the way. There's, I feel like there's, it's all emotion for me, and and like I said earlier, I've never really played with anyone, especially live, toured with someone that I wasn't huge admiration of or had a lot of respect for, so that's very emotional, and there's a lot of, I'm honored to be on stage with them, I'm you know, learning about what I'm doing whilst doing it, it's it's all it's all pretty emotional. How do you deal with those emotions when you get off stage? Um, well, different ways now than I used to. I think I used to go and 
like to be social and just sort of let the the ringing in my ears dissipate, you know, whilst kind of throwing myself out into the world, maybe go drink for a while. <laughs> I don't so much do that anymore. Now it's just more, I don't know, try and relax. I don't know. It's actually kind of shocking to my body to come off stage. I kind of have to sit for a little while before I can do anything. It's hard to just sort of jump on and off, I think, for me. The thing, I guess, about Docker Hacker is you'd like to perform it live, but is there possibly a limited window to do it? Will there be live performances, particularly in Australia, of Doc Hacker in the next couple of years? There's a window of time we've talked about coming down there. I'm not sure exactly when it is. Yeah, I mean, we would love to play as much as possible. Obviously, my schedule is sort of the hardest one to compete with. But we did, uh, we did talk about possibly coming down to Australia this winter, or our winter. <laughs> so hopefully that happens. I mean, we jump at that opportunity and we would love to come. Who are some of the current musicians that you're respecting that we may not have heard of? Maybe a really local LA band that, frankly, down Australia, we have no idea about yet. Gosh, I, uh, I would really have to think about that for a while. <laughs> I, I've kind of taken my head out of current things. I really can't say. There's an LA collective called the Kill Sonic Orchestra that I really like. I've seen them live a few times. The first time I saw them was by surprise, and I was seeing a comedy show. One of the guys from the Kids in the Hall was performing, and then all of a sudden, the minute he was done, you heard sort of marching drums and accordions coming in the room from behind you, and before you knew it, there was 30 people on stage playing only brass instruments, drums, and accordions. And uh, it was one of the best things I'd ever seen. So that's a that's a band from L.A., but I don't know how often they play. I think it's kind of a once-in-a-while thing. Josh, you mentioned comedy. Are you a regular partaker of it? Is comedy your other thing? I wouldn't necessarily say it's it's my other thing. <laughs> I like it a lot. I like I just like any anything beautiful or meaningful. <laughs> I, I used to follow comedy and comic shows a lot more than I do recently. Lately, it's just been all I can do keeping up with playing in both bands and writing for both and sort of practicing or keeping fresh on instruments or learning a new synthesizer or something. I kind of haven't really been listening to new music or finding new shows or, Mm -hmm. you know, I'll watch whatever's on HBO or something that people are talking about, but yeah, I haven't really been digging too deep lately. <laughs> I have a music club with some friends of mine, and we get together as often as we can, maybe once every couple of months, and the five of us go around in a circle and we play each other's songs. It's not necessarily current. It can be from any any time. That's a source of great inspiration for me, and that's where I get a lot of music. Josh, thank you very much for joining Radio Notes today. Oh, thank you so much.